We ready for the process, y'all? Are we ready? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Beautiful. Good. Hey, while we're at it, man, that happened at the 9.30 a.m. service. That is amazing. Um, so, hey, while we're at it, let's honor our new guests who are with us today. Let's thank God for them. Come on, let's put our hands together. Thank you guys for joining us today. We're so grateful for you. You could be anywhere else. It is summertime and sunny outside, but, but you chose to join us today, and for that, we're grateful. So thank you for being here at Highlight Church. Uh, today, we're going to end our series, The Process. Um, has it been a blessing for you? Has it spoke to your life? We can celebrate that. That's good. That's good. We're the happy clappies here, so just get used to it. We clap a lot. Uh, we don't believe that church is something that you should endure, but you should enjoy it. You know, you come to church, and you're like, what time are we leaving? But we, we want you to enjoy your time here. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and let's get into this final message. We've been taking a journey with Joseph. He is a, a I don't like saying character because these are historical people. The Bible is a, is a real book. It's a historical book. It's, it's nonfiction. Uh, it's Lifetime certified. Um, anyone's grandma made them watch Lifetime when you were growing up? Lifetime channel? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's one of the reasons I miss my grandma. Lifetime, cornbread, collard greens. Love grandma. Love grandma. Y'all don't know nothing about that, though. But. All right, anyway. So uh, let, me, let me just start out with this thought here is, um, you know, when you, when you go through something and overcome it, uh, it tends to make more sense after the fact, after you go through it, correct? Um, like, oh, okay. They say hindsight is twenty twenty. So when you look back, it's like, all right, that. Let me let me make sense now. I see why why we had to go through that. Yeah. And ultimately, you you have a better understanding uh, most of the times. Not all the times, but most of the times, you have a better understanding, a better grip on why it is you went through what you went through. Right. And so we we see Joseph when we started a few weeks back in Genesis chapter thirty-seven. We see that God has given Joseph two dreams. Very significant dreams. And, and these dreams uh, illustrate or, or symbolize how one day God is going to raise Joseph up and he's really going to bless his life. And, um, but then Joseph enters a 13-year process of ups and downs. So he's going up in one season, the next season, bam. He's going back up one season, bam. Just a lot of ups and downs. For those 13 years and now when we're going to pick it up today we're going to see that Joseph has become the second most powerful man in all of Egypt so God's vision for his life has been large in part fulfilled it's happened but it's been 13 years God has been faithful in Joseph's life and I think what, what we one of the things we want to pick up on Joseph's story is that you can go ahead and write this down I haven't really started my message yet. I'm still in the intro is that if God has been faithful in the past, he's certainly going to be faithful in the present, and he's also going to be faithful in the future. And so uh, Joseph has, has a better understanding now of why he went through the things that he had to go through. He's seen God's faithfulness in the past. And, um, and so it all makes sense now. It, it all makes sense now. You know how sometimes you, you, you go through a thing, 
and it's like you, you get on the other side of it or, or, or you get resolution or peace and you, you, you kind of stop and you ask yourself, did we even just struggle through that? Did I, did I, did I just struggle through that? I'm, I'm on the other end of it and I feel a lot better. You know, 13 years has gone by and Joseph is good and it's like, man, did, did the 13 years even just happen? And so for a lot of us who, who, are, who have yet to see God move in our lives, we've, many of us have given our hearts to Jesus. We're following the Lord, and many of us are in church, or we're trying to get our lives together, and, and we're, we're, we think we're doing the right, the right stuff, but it, we're still looking for some, some resolution, though, in some areas. You know, am I, am I, am I in here alone? Or, or, no, we're still looking for God to move in some areas that we believe that he, he's going to move in, but it just hasn't happened yet. So my encouragement for us today is let, let's, let's look at Joseph as an example. Um, they say you learn two ways, uh, via mistakes or via mentors. And I, I tend to cling to mentors. Like, I, I don't want to have to go through it. You know, like, just tell me what to do and we can get through it. And I think what we can pull from Joseph as we end this series today is we can just look at his life. We can see that everything's going to be okay. God showed up, God used him, God elevated him. And, and so let, let's pull from, from what he now knows and how for him it all makes sense now, right? So with that mindset, we can, we can face our trials and our tribulations because it's going to make sense for us one day too, right? So I want to bring you a message entitled, It All Makes Sense Now, as we finish this series and um, we started week one. I'd encourage you to go to the podcast. Week one was entitled, This is the Process. Uh, you know, week two, activate, autocorrect. When you get in a tough season, there, there's something built on the inside of you. It's called the image of God, the spirit of God. If you're a believer, you have God's spirit in your heart. You can autocorrect with excellence and perseverance and, and integrity. Um, then we, we had a message entitled, um, uh, Living with No Strings Attached. So, so Joseph started as a young teenage, I'm going to use the word, the punk word, a young teenage punk. God had to teach him selflessness. If God was going to elevate him to be the second in command of all of Egypt, God had to teach him how to be like Jesus, how to be selfless. Um, and then last week we, we talked about, uh, what was it? What, what, oh, in the meantime. So what to do in the meantime while we're waiting on God to move now this week is it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So we're going to finish it off. Join me here in Genesis 41, verse 41, where we left off last week. It says this here, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring uh, from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen and hung a gold chain around his neck. Verse 43, then he had Joseph ride in, in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And whatever Joseph, wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Just watch that in the video. That was the last verse there in the last scene when Joseph was just chilling like a boss in the green leaves. Amazing. And so, it says this here, verse 40. Um, come on now, loosen up. That was funny. All right, good. 
Then Pharaoh, then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zephaneth Paneah. He also gave, I worked on that all week, and I didn't hit it with the stride that I wanted to hit it, but I had to pause. Ah. He also gave him a wife whose name is Asnath. I hear you over there. You're helping me out. She was the daughter. He needs to stay far away from Potiphar. Is anything Potiphar? He needs to stay away from Potiphar. Like every man was named Potiphar in Egypt at this time, except Pharaoh. But anyway, so he, uh, uh, sorry. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old. He began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. David was given a calling at the age of 13 or 15, somewhere around there. He was 30 when he became king. Um, mm, mm, let me put it to you like this. It, it, it may be your time, but it may not be your turn. That's not the message, though. We could preach on that, but I didn't prepare for that. It's just something God gave me. It may be your time. You know, you arrive to the theme park. You know, you're at the ride, but it's just not your turn to get on yet. So the process. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt as predicted. I love that. So as soon as he got promoted, he went to work. Still auto-correcting and excellence and, and integrity, doing the right thing, being excellent, being the best. Says this here, as predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops of they were booming. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts. He stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first, uh, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife. Joseph named his older son Manasseh. God has made me forget all my troubles. Weren't we kind of hitting on that earlier? Like you go through it, you get there. It's like, did I even go through it? So he names his first son Manasseh because it's like, I feel feel good. That wasn't too bad. We made it. So he names his first son Manasseh. And then he goes on and he does this here. And everyone in my father's family. (laughs) Verse 52, Joseph named his second son Ephraim. For he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. It all makes sense now. And I believe that one of the things Joseph came to understand throughout the 13 years was no problems, no progress. No problems, no progress. A lot of us, we we want progress. We want to see a, a powerful God move. But it's only in the face of an impossible situation can we see a powerful God move. It's it's only in the face of um, a a bad diagnosis or losing a loved one or, you know, not having the finances that you think you need or being in a broken relationship or, or breaking up with someone that you thought you would be with your entire life. It's only in the face of those circumstances can a supernatural God act. And so we want progress, but the truth is, is that we live in a broken world. And what tends to happen is, is problems tend to wrap us up and pile, you know, on top of us and, and all this stuff. What tends to happen is when, when things get tough, we tend to get further and further away from God. 
you know, prayer, I, I prayed once, you know, uh, it didn't work. Bible, it's, it's a dusty old book, it has no relevance to life, it's old. Uh, I, I'm just here to say, uh, pause for the calls about that, like when you feel like the Bible is irrelevant. I mean, have, have, you, have you journeyed with us <laughs> through the process? I mean, it's, it's, it's Joseph and, and his brothers throw him in a pit and they don't like him and, and then he's doing his work and the Bible says he's a good looking man and, 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 and Potiphar's wife likes him. And, and he runs from her and she grabs his coat and she lies on him and he gets thrown into prison. And, oh, the Bible's just an old book. It's not relevant. That stuff doesn't happen today. Are we serious? You telling me no one's lied on you in a long time? It, it, it's so relevant for life. And so what tends to happen, though, is when we get in tough times, it's like what could give us some peace, what could give us some resolution, what could give us some perspective what could give us some truth, we just kind of leave it on the counter. I'd like to propose this. Joseph is, has not just been given a dream by God. Joseph is holding on to God while the problems pile on. He's pressing into God. A lot of us kind of get away, we get away from community, we get away from the word, and, and that's Satan's biggest thing, man, he wants you to get away from the right people, he wants you to get alone, I mean, check out the Garden of Eden, he had Eve alone, and that's when his suggestions came in, oh, no, don't go to church, oh, no, don't, 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 don't get with them, go with them, go have a nice drink, go ahead and just go shop, go ahead and go here, don't get with those two or three people who want to grow you, oh, no, stay inside today, say, you're, you're tired, you're lazy, and when he gets us alone, or when he gets us involved with the wrong people, we just, we just, you know, oh, man, it feels good for a moment, but then it's just like, I'm right back in my depression. Or when I get alone, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you where I want you now. <laughs> yeah, you'll never make it. Yeah, I, I know, I know the preacher told you you're going to be healed. No, you don't believe that. I know, I know, Joseph had a big dream, but I haven't talked to you like that. I haven't, talked, I haven't showed you anything for the next five or ten years of your life. And that's when we get alone. That's when Satan is at his best. But we see Joseph pressed in to the things of God. We see that he leaned in to the word. He leaned in to prayer. And he made it a priority Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, hey, hey, man, we're going out. We're going, we're going to do this. Nah, you know, I'm good. I, I'm going to stay in today. I want to read the Bible. I'm going to get some rest. I want the Lord to talk to me today. Hey, hey, we're we going, we're going out, we're going to the beach. No, I'm good. I, I, Sundays are non-negotiable. I'm in there every Sunday. I need my faith to be built up. I'm believing God for something. I'm getting stronger. I'm growing in the Lord. I need to be, come on, Memo. Come on, I don't know. Y'all sleepy or something. But I need, I need my faith to, to be built up. I'm going to press into God. And I love James. James is the brother of Jesus Christ. I mean, who better? And he says this here. James chapter 1, 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's crazy, right? Like, consider it oh, troubles. Consider it an opportunity for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I want to pause right here. I believe this. 
I believe that it's not that we don't have faith in God. What we lack is endurance. Like we, we believe he can do it in 48 hours. We believe the breakthrough is going to come in a week. God, it's been eight days. <laughs> I said, if the Lord don't do this in three years, I'm, I'm going to leave the church and everything I love. You know, I got to do that every once in a while, right? But, but the Bible says, James says, endure 13 years. And it says this here in verse 4, so let it grow. <laughs> For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. That means mature and complete, needing nothing. So you can be in the middle of a, of a tough season. But, but as long as you have the love of God, the spirit of God in your heart, the word of truth that you're just feeding on. Jesus called this thing the bread of life. Because everything in your life can be moldy, but this thing right here never molds. It's always fresh. It's always hot. It's always fresh out the oven. And as long as you're holding on to this, you're always growing. And so I love James. He said, you know, it ain't your faith. I know you believe, but how long are you holding on? And so you're growing. And then I love Psalm 34, uh, verse 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I love that promise. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to, rescue, comes to the rescue each time. Jesus, uh, Joseph came to understand that growth, go ahead and write this down, that growth is gift wrapped in grief. If you're grieving right now in a certain area of your life, chances are you're also growing in your faith. Joseph came to understand, because now it all makes sense, that progress is gift-wrapped in problems. Because he's looking back like, oh, I know what I'm going to name my babies. Manasseh and Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful. I've grown. God has blessed me. I've become a better person because of all the things I went through. God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. So I'm going to name this blessing from God, Ephraim, to tell God how faithful he was when I was in a season of grief. And so just allow that to encourage you that with Joseph, we can, we can look at our current situation right now and see that we're going to come out of it because he's faithful and he's a deliverer. And we're going to go ahead and skip over to Genesis 45, but I want to give you context. So Pharaoh has elevated Joseph, and um, there's a famine in Canaan. So his brothers threw him in a pit, Genesis 37, six weeks ago. And um, there's a famine where his family is. They, they heard that there is uh, abundance in Egypt, so they're going to go on over to Egypt to get some food. And guess who's there? Joseph. Joseph notices his brothers, but he, he disguises himself, and he, he gets all mean. He's like, you guys are spies. What are you doing here? 
No, sir, we're not spies. We're not spies. Yeah, you are. You're spies and you're trying to take over the land of Egypt. What are you doing here? No, sir, we're not spies. We're just we're hungry and we left our father home and and our little brother home. Joseph is prowling to see if his father is alive and if his brother is alive. And so the Bible says that as he's prowling and he's spying, you know, he's just putting it on him. Oh, you're spying. Uh, No, no, sir, we're not. He goes to a back room and he cries because he sees his brothers. And he knows that his dad is alive and now his little brother is alive. And he's just sobbing. Oh, my God, God, you're so good. My family, I love them. I miss them. So he comes back out. No, you're spies. (laughs) And so, no, no, sir. And so, like, you know, he, he chooses to give them food and, and the money that they were going to pay Joseph to get the food with, um, he puts the money back in their bags. So they're going back home. Hey, we got food, Dad. And they open the bags and Jacob, the father of all of Joseph's brothers, 11, he's like, where'd you get all this food from and this money? And they're like, we took the money to pay the man. They must have forgotten to take the payment. No, Joseph put the money back in the bag. And so... Um, Jacob's like, no, you have to return this money. That's Egypt. I'm not trying to die. You got to return the money. All right. And so they returned the money. And um, Joseph was kind of, you know, poking a prowl about, about the family. And they're like, yeah, our dad is alive and our little brother is alive. And so he sent them back and he put, he put his silver cup in their bag. He sent his workers to follow them. And they said, thief, you stole our boss's silver cup. And so he brought him on back, and he said, I need you to bring the youngest brother to me. He wants to see his baby brother. Jacob had four wives, but Joseph only had one brother with his biological mother. His name was Benjamin. Judah brings Benjamin back. Joseph says, I'm going to keep Benjamin. Judah's like, we can't, you can't keep Benjamin because dad's going to die. He's going to have a heart attack. And so he's like, I can't take it anymore. My dad can't die. All right, that's enough. So he reveals who he is to his brothers. Genesis 45, verse 1, and it says this here. Joseph could stand it no longer. There are many people in the room. So he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and the word quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? Is this a fact? Don't lie to me. But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. The last they checked, they had sold him off 13 years ago to Midianite traders. Like the last we checked, we beat you up. We took your your coat and we sold you. You're not supposed to be here, but God is faithful. It says this here. Uh, so he wept, blah, blah, blah. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly. I'm sorry, verse 3. His father's still alive, verse 4. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. Verse 5. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. It all makes sense now. And I believe that over 13 years, Joseph came to understand, number two, that people aren't the problem. People aren't the problem. Whew. 
Let this free you. I might even end it after this point. I have a third point, but we might end it right here. And so chances are Jacob never really poured into his other 11 sons the way he poured into Joseph. And so what happened with Joseph was they projected their brokenness onto him. And he just became a victim of their brokenness. It's the same thing that happens to us. It's not that people are evil inherently. It's not that there's really anything wrong with people. It's just that they project their pain and their hurt and the things that they never healed from onto us. But this is what I can see for 13 years, the process. is that God was working in Joseph's heart so powerfully that Joseph came to understand the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that you do deserve. Joseph was able to understand all that and not just receive it for himself, but I believe that Joseph became a vessel and a conduit by which God's love, his grace, and his forgiveness flow. Because the same Jesus that died for me died for my dad. The same Jesus that died for you died for the person who hurt you. The same Jesus who died for you died for your boss. So the issue is, is, is this, is when we don't forgive, they're the ones holding the chain. We're the ones who are bound in fetters. But when we forgive, we unlock those fetters and the, those chains. We allow them to move on with their lives and God can continue to grow and process us. And so when Joseph came to understand the reason behind why his brothers hurt him, Joseph was able to receive the revelation as to why God allowed it. Write this down, and this is the revelation for your life. People aren't the problem. They are vessels. (laughs) People aren't the problem. As much as it feels good to blame them, as much as it hurts, they're the vessels. Your supervisor is not the problem. He or she is a vessel. That absent parent, not the problem. Vessels. Who who, who made you better? Who made you stronger? Who made you more equipped? They were vessels that God used to bring you into your calling. As a matter of fact, Joseph said this in Genesis 50, verse 20. He said this, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. So God uses all kinds of people, good people, inconsistent people, unfaithful people, Critics, coaches, God uses all kinds of people. God uses the evil that the devil intended. He uses that for your good. God uses it, and he redeems it, and he's faithful, and he's good. Come on now, and he's full circle. God is a good God. People aren't the problem. They're vessels. So now, what do you do with this information? The Bible says in um, 1 Peter 2.17, honor all people. So there's a way that you are to approach every single relationship in your life. 
so that you can leverage it for your God-given purpose in the long run. People aren't the problem. Joseph came to realize that people are the vessels that God uses to get us to where he's called us. Genesis 45, verse 6. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive, to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. I love that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because I forgot to say this. I'm going to go back to point number two. Um, When in our minds and in our hearts, people, when people are the problem, we've given them too much weight to determine our fate. So I love how Joseph is very specific here. He said, you, you put me in a pit, but you didn't send me here. Like, you hurt me, but that was so I could see that God was a healer. Right? And, and now I'm, I'm healing other people. So, so you, you didn't tear me down. You, you won't break me down. Right? So just, just something. He said, it wasn't you. You know, I love you. <laughs> it wasn't you. I'm still standing. And he was the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh. It was God who elevated me, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master of all of the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen. Goshen was actually in the middle of Egypt because Egypt was about to undergo the same famine. Goshen was a place in the middle of Egypt where people were feasting. So so spiritually in Christ, as you grow in Christ, you can feast even in the middle of a famine. It's just a whole different message, too. So that's Goshen. Where you can be near with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. Verse 11 in conclusion. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, your whole household and all of your animals will starve. Number three. You are the solution to many problems. I'll just add that on. It all makes sense now. You are the solution to many problems. Just this past week, we had the the honor. I was telling you guys that we were going to do it, but we had the distinct privilege of serving teenage mothers at Keys to Success. And um, these mothers and their beautiful babies were able to come and we actually had a lot of great people there to serve them, but in particular, we had those who used to be single mothers doing their hair, doing their makeup. Chow Tran came on in and did their nails. God bless you, man. I love you. Um, Pastor Kyra used to be a single mother. Laura Nunez, y'all give a hand for her. She is amazing at the end here. Um, Claude Rose, sorry, Louie, I got your last name. You're right, she's, she's married now. That's the, and I married them, Jesus. Come on, give it up for Louie too, y'all. Wow. So she was a single mother. And even now she has a baby in her arms. It's not yours. And that's all the more reason to celebrate, all right? But we had the distinct privilege of bringing some hope to these young ladies. 
letting them know, you know God still loves you. There's healing. There's hope beyond the pain. Joseph was sent by God. This is, this is the most important point of, of this entire message series. Joseph was sent by God to preserve the nation of Israel. God's chosen people. Because Jesus, the Savior of the world, was going to come through the descendants of Jacob. There was no other reason he was sent, but for that one reason. Because had Jacob and his family has been caught in this famine, there would have been no Jesus. And so Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. I love this. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I believe Jesus Christ, sinless, died on a cross for our sins. His blood was shed so that we would be saved, so that we would be redeemed. I believe, yes, he died so that we would be saved, but he died to give you a purpose. He died because you are the answer to someone's prayers. You are the light to someone's darkness and despair. You are the relief to someone's pain. And it all makes sense now. And that's maybe why you're going through the things you're going through. Because he needs your experience to speak to their expectation. And they expect God to come through. But until you actually make it through the experience, you are not qualified to meet their expectation. You want to meet their expectation because therein is your joy going to be fulfilled. So we need to grow past the pain, grow past the problems. There are people waiting on us to answer the call. Joseph came to understand that there was a great purpose for his life and that he was the solution to a lot of problems. You are the solution to a lot of problems. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. And we got more work to do. We got, uh, as a church, we have this under the same umbrella, the landing. This is an organization that helps teenagers who are addicted to drugs. We have mothers who are running from domestic violence. We're praying about a breakthrough when God is like, you know me. I need you to go and shine some light in dark places. It's okay. You're going to make it through. But when you make it through, don't forget about people who need to know your story. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You are so good. We bless you, Lord, for who you are. We ask, Lord, that you would enable us to take this wisdom today and to apply it to our lives. God, no problems, no progress. People aren't the problem. And we are the solution to many problems. So, God, give us the strength we need 
to endure through these tough times that many of us are going through. May we see your hand of power. May we see your hand of might and deliverance show forth in our situations. God, I pray for everyone here carrying burdens. May they see that you are a deliverer and the giver of peace. Jesus Christ, Son of God, blood shed on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins, died and was rose on the third day. Every head bow. Died for us so that we could have a relationship with the Father. And maybe today your heart is crying out to God. Maybe today you need deliverance. You need forgiveness of sin. Maybe today you feel broken. You feel far from God. I want to invite you into this prayer of salvation that today you can be made new. Today you can receive his love and his forgiveness and his spirit. And so we're going to pray together. Or maybe you're coming back to Christ. And if that be you, pray this prayer with me. Church, let's join in with those who are praying this prayer for the first time. Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sin. I turn from my sin. Fill my heart with your spirit. Give me your purpose for my life. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.